Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. sounds better don't you think I don't know what I just did but I did something yeah that's the way it is when you're messing with audio just start pressing buttons and see what happens that's how we do Welcome to the House of All Marine Radio here on a Thursday. Hope you're having a good Thursday wherever you are. It is the holiday season. Don't forget that. Right? Right. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy holidays to the rest of you knaves out there. But we still love you. Right? Um... Yeah, I think I've got to that point where I don't really want anything for Christmas. And then my kids, I was talking yesterday, my daughter's like all over me, Dad. I'm like, Catherine, what do you want me to do? Make some shit up? Right? I said, okay. Why don't you get me a gift card that pays for the MLB <laughs> since they just went on strike? They could use the money that pays for the MLB package. Okay, there you go. Everybody happy? Yeah, but I think I... like. What are you going to get me? Now, what I really like that they don't like... Or, I mean, just... Let's go to a play. Let's go to a concert. Let's do something. Let's do that. Maybe I might recommend that. But see, then she has to get her brothers to pay for it. Yeah. And they'll go into grudge mode over that. But whatever. 
the um so what's going on in the world today the mensa brothers going to join me you're going to get to find out how the $300 heritage turkey tasted yeah so i'll give you a little teaser to to the mensa brothers today will threw up in his car yeah so you're going to you're going to hear about that in detail i might add not graphic detail but you know the rest of us were curious i mean come on will like what's that all about so um yeah so you hear about that and i what else do we discuss i'm not really sure what else we discuss um but we we discuss that for at least an hour, so you'll be moderately entertained on a Thursday. So if you're looking to escape your work and laugh, um, and we do talk about some serious stuff. I just can't remember what it is. We talk about the situation between Russia and U- Ukraine. And... Uh, what everybody thinks is going to happen. <laughs> so if you're in an emotionally fragile state, don't listen to that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then, you know, look, when you're afraid to be a great nation, here, another thing we talk about, and this has just been bouncing around in my head as we take down statues of people like Thomas Jefferson and whatnot. So Thomas Jefferson doesn't meet our standard of contemporary living, so therefore we take Thomas Jefferson down. We don't teach history in the context of, right, these men in the context of their time, what they did, what they did, these women in the context of their time, what they did, what they didn't do. We don't teach that. And then we don't teach the the march of the nation to be this experiment in democracy that doesn't exist anywhere else on the planet. I mean, why would we teach that? That would that would be to appreciate the nation, right? We don't teach that anymore. And what you what you see, which is which is amazing, is you have this great experiment in democracy that people are dying to come to, has convinced itself it's a piece of shit. That's what we teach in our school. Yep. Amazing, right? Well, how could that nation ever seek to be great? I mean, it's fundamentally corrupt, right? Of course. And that is the narrative of, the, of uh, that is the narrative of the nation. Are you proud to be an American? I mean, the the trend line of that question, stunning. And again, the thought rolls through my head: Father, forgive them, for they know not what the fuck they say. So all you shitheads that say no, I just invite you to take a trip around the world. Okay? Come to California. First thing I want you to do is head south into Latin America, and then I want you to head west. Okay? You can skip Australia. You can go to Korea. You can go to Japan. Then you can go to China. 
India, work your way through the Middle East, stop in Europe, and then come back and tell me what the fuck you think about your country now. So it's pretty amazing. So a nation that's afraid to be great. Why? Because it's fundamentally corrupt. The context of Thomas Jefferson is that during Thomas Jefferson's lifetime, slavery was legal in the world. The world's view of the African content, continent of black human beings was different then. Does that make it right? No, it doesn't make it right. But that is the reality of the world that they lived in. Should we teach it like that? Oh, fuck no. And so it's just, it's just crazy shit. Crazy shit. Not flawed human beings living in a flawed world, which it still is today, yay? Trying to understand that, trying to understand the fight in this experiment in democracy. Not that. But this absolute judgment from a lens of 230 years later. Right. That where we're at? 200. How many years later are we? Okay, 1775. 25 gets you to 1800. 200 gets you to 2020. So 45, 46. Something like that. So we're going we're gonna to take... Our, our our telescope and we're going to judge those people by contemporary standards it's 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 absurd it's absolutely absurd what are we going to do is tear down the smithsonian and then this whole notion of That America is a stolen nation. I mean, look at the world, all right? People's collided on the globe, and they competed, and they struggled against each other. And the strong survived. In, In the Americas, you know, the Aztecs, the Incas, the Sioux, these great warrior nations. They battled for supremacy on the continent and carved up lands for themselves. And they fought over it. And that's the way the world has evolved. And the strong dominated. Oh, well, it's so wrong. What? And so you just, you you listen to this shit and you, you know, you just think, God help us, man. If this is the discussion, so <laughs> what do you think? Do you think that do you think that they just got together in Europe and say, well, you know, that river would be a good, you know, border, so why don't we do that? No, they fought, they slaughtered each other. Have you ever heard of the a thing called the Hundred Years War? <laughs> go look that up. What was that about? Yeah, go figure the fuck out. But it's just it's just you see these people talking this shit and you're just like, what in the fuck have we done? And let me just tell you, 
that's not right. That's too loud. Um, the education system in, in our nation, something has to be done about that. And I was talking to somebody, I think I was talking about this yesterday, but I was talking about somebody that said, you know what, because of, you know, here in California, there's a move, we will not assign grades anymore. Huh? Yeah, grades are a lot of times a reflection of, you know, racial disparities and economic disparities, and they're fundamentally unfair, racist. So we're not going to, I'm not going to, we're not going to assign them anymore. Okay, that's awesome. Let's lower the bar even further. So how are you how do students get ranked? How do students who want to go on and compete to go to elite academic institutions, how do they prove that there's some in some way shape or form worthy of that? Well, um, the other thing we're going to do I'm not sure if everybody knows this, is there, there will be no more advanced placement courses in the school. Those are fundamentally unfair too. Because it's not like everybody can't achieve the same thing. Everybody is capable of that. So that's what we're going to teach to that baseline. And so these initiatives, along with other things in the public school system, is putting private education in high demand. Yeah, old-fashioned education. Traditional education, reading, writing, arithmetic, grades, right? And that at some point you will see a tipping point in states around the nation where they will not have enough students to be able to pay their bills because revenue is allocated in many cases, in many states, on a per-student basis. Interesting. Interesting, and that the public school system will collapse in many states. Mike Bloomberg just committed $750 million to the charter schools, I think, of New York City. Almost a billion dollars. How about that? And when you, when you read what he wrote, he said, I think that the public school system is fundamentally on the wrong path, and I am endowing um, the charter schools of the city of New York with these kind of monies because I believe it is in school choice and in charter schools that is the future of public education. Whoa. So anyway, um, yeah, that's me on my high horse this morning. How about that? So uh, it is Thursday, which is kind of Friday here on All Marine Radio since I don't do the show on Friday anymore. And Whitney Houston sings the national anthem on Thursdays now. So, without further ado, one of the greatest renditions of the national anthem in American history, and which is important because it's a great history of a flawed nation that is the land of the free and the home of the brave, the only warriors that go around the country and liberate people and then leave. Yeah, go ahead and find that in, in history. Okay. Go ahead and find that in history. Yeah, you're not going to find it. 
Yeah, armies went. Armies went and they stayed and they conquered. That's how that's how we did it. What the hell? That's how nations still do it, except the nation you live in. Hmm. Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Well, it kind of is. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I watch this shit and I just, you look at it and it's, 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 I would tell you it's intellectually insulting. Okay. It's intellectually insulting. You know, if you don't use your history to teach the lessons of a flawed nation that is better than anything out there, then you're a fool. And so taking down the statues, no. Put up another statue right next to it to symbolize that which you believe isn't told in the story. But don't bleach your history. Don't put it behind the shed because, oh, it doesn't meet your standard 240-something years later, 241 years later. It's ridiculous. So we talk about how do you be a great nation when you're apologizing for your existence? No, we're not a great nation. Oh, really? Can you give me an example of a great nation? Hmm? Can you give me one? Oh, there are no. Okay, so give me an example of a really good shitty nation. Would that be us? Among all the shitty nations out there, where do we rank? Well, I guess uh, among flawed nations, we'd rank really high. Okay. So he who is among you without sin cast the first stone. Oh, everybody has sin. Oh, that changes the discussion. So nobody's perfect. We all have our history, right? You think our history with slavery is, is bad? Go look at some of the other nations that you look up to. And then... Look at the nation that is producing your Apple phone, iPhone, right? I think that's what the, I think that's what you Apple people call it. Your iPhone. You want to know why Apple's there? Because it couldn't give it to you at that price without it being built with forced labor. Whoa, Tim Cook! What? 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 Yeah. I don't know how I got on this rant, but uh, oh. Yeah, we talk about apologizing for being a great nation. We don't see ourselves as a great nation anymore. So you have the situation between Russia and, I, I can't help but calling it the Ukraine, and you, NATO stands there wringing its hands. Secretary Blinken stands there bloviating, oh, there's going to be consequences yeah, that really stopped Vladimir Putin when he went into the Crimea, wasn't it? Uh, uh, no, it did not. And you had shit nations like Germany, in spite of what he did, continue to build their pipeline to deliver more revenue to Germany, to Russia. Nice. Nice. So you have the most powerful nations of the world afraid of Dr. Evil as he plays his game of bluff. I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. If you are weak, you will fight. Okay? Weakness 
breeds conflict that kills people. Peace and stability come from strength. There's a lesson in history about that. So, with that said, Whitney Houston joins us via the wonders of digital audio to sing the national anthem. Good morning. She does that good. And uh, this is dedicated to everybody out there to have patience um, and to become an articulate spokesman for the nation that you were raised in, that you grew up in, um, and somehow or other be able to articulate to the asshats around us that you live in the greatest democracy in the world that you live in the greatest experiment of democracy, not perfect, continually evolving with its flaws. And if you don't believe that, then just take a little trip around the world. And you're going to find out that on much of this planet, all you females out there wouldn't even be listening to this program because you wouldn't be allowed to. What? Imagine the shock of that. Or you could go to the vast expanse of Russia and see why they look like they have the shit beat out of them all the time. The hopelessness of the dead end of communism. You could go to China and see how they live. You could go to the Arab world. Now think, think about the land masses involved in Russia, China, and the Middle East. What percentage of the planet is that? <laughs> it's big. 
Yeah, so so be patient with them and then just uh, challenge them on those issues. On those issues. Not to bleach our history, not to hide it, but provide the footnotes and learn from it. So this is dedicated to patience, wisdom, and the experiment that is the United States of America. Yeah, don't get pissed, right? Gently lead them to the promised land. So with that in mind, this is dedicated to that proposition. You know, whenever I say that, that's actually a phrase from the Gettysburg Address. Do you know that? If you don't know that, slap yourself across the face right now. And I'm serious about this. Take your right hand, right? I don't care if you wince before you do it, right? And extend it all the way out, okay? Now, get it to the cocked position, which would be a 90-degree angle, and slap your mouth, okay? Poof. If you don't know that. Dedicated to the proposition. So, anyway. This is General Mattis. We're going to talk about General Mattis next week. You know, he, uh, in this in this little uh, audio thing, you know, he gets asked, what keeps you awake at night, right? His response, nothing. I keep other people awake at night. Well, guess what? He just did an appearance where he dedicated a VA center in, uh, in I think it's called Redlands, Washington, where it, that, that's his hometown. And he said there is something that keeps him awake at night. Now, it's kind of interesting because it dovetails off what I'm talking about today. So we'll talk about him next week with the Mensa brother. Yeah. So I hope after you just cuffed yourself in the face, you're now ready to get on with your day. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much
<laughs> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. See, young folks, you ignore what I just said. That's that's funny. We just Come have on. to execute. And we are executing every day. And so our major and I are very proud. Okay, so everybody pay attention to this shit, okay? Neller's right. We do have to execute. You got to get out there and get after it, Right? America's about winning. It's not about showing up and being a fucking loser. Winning, right? America, winning. What you do doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't. We don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago: persevere against difficult, challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. You know, I added that little thing. Okay. It's difficult. The audio producers affiliated with the Marine Corps like are not as talented as I am. Okay. Just so you know. So when you hear this, when you hear the uh when you hear the, the sound effect get get blown up, right? And then it goes and then it falls off. That would be that would be moi. The original version is not like that. Okay, so listen to this. Conditions and win. You gotta win. Yeah, fucking boom, bitches. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? If you don't enjoy your job. Go find one that you enjoy, man. Come on. Yeah. Because let me tell you, I enjoy mine enough for most of us. Yeah. In case you can't tell. Most of the time. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm not so happy. But most of the time I am because I do what I love to do. You. You. All right. So, and that's Junior Walker and the All-Stars, just in case you don't know, which I can't imagine that you wouldn't, but if you don't, and this right here is one of the great saxophones. Not every show, not every show embraces Junior Walker and the All Stars. Just for the record, all right. Time to do the time to do the weather. It is uh, sunny and 56 in Quantico, down the coast at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point in Havelock, North Carolina. Sunny and 68, so nice day in North Carolina. 29 Palms, a little bit colder. Sunny and 56, so it means it's going to be in the high 60s. That's what that means. I know this shit, okay? 
Fog in 51 at Camp Pendleton. That's at the southern end of the base along the coast, just in case anybody's wondering. Jeez, Mac, where is that temperature coming from? Hmm. There you go. Um, let's see. Camp H.M. Smith in Hawaii. Yeah. It's up the hill from Pearl Harbor. I didn't know that till I saw it. Hey, what's that? Oh, that's Marine Corps Base, Camp Smith. Really? Who knew it was there? Um, Kaneohe Bay over the mountain on the other side. Uh, dark cloud in 67 in Hawaii. In Okinawa, home of Camp Butler, which is the whole camp complex all over. Fatima, Camp Hansen, Camp Schwab, uh, 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 what was the brig? Camp Kinzer. I was a brig. Was it Kinzer? Um, ask me how I know that. One of my Marines we used to bounce checks like a machine, and he had this whole check kiting thing down. I won't say his last name. Maybe he listens. Um, and then he threatened everybody in the platoon that he was have them placed on legal hold and stay in Okinawa. And he had a general court martial. I had to testify at it. It's like Second Lieutenant McNamara. Right, go into the courtroom. Yeah, he did a little hard time in the brig. Started at Kinzer, then they shipped him back, I think, to Leavenworth. Yeah, I mean, he embezzled uh, close to $70,000. He would write a check for, I don't know how many, a couple thousand dollars, and go to the bank on base and uh, and cash it. And they would cash it because we didn't have anything electronic back then. And they trusted you. Brr, mistake. Uh Dark cloudy, 77 in Manila. That's kind of cold for the Philippines. And in Darwin, it is dark cloudy in 82 at the home of Almond Radio. Foggy in 55. Yeah. Um, looking for a high today of 66, 65 tomorrow. So a bit of a cold snap coming in. 65 on Saturday and then up to 72 on Sunday. And Monday when I fly back to the East Coast, it will be... 75, the day before my birthday. Yeah, I'll spend my birthday in North Carolina. December 7th. Siete de December. I'm sorry, de Diciembre. For all you people listening in SAP. Yeah, notice how I just like effortlessly switch between that shit. Nice. Nice. Here's an email from one of my friends. Dude, you are killing me this morning. <laughs> did you eat breakfast or not? Whatever you didn't do, this is moderately entertaining. I spit my coffee out twice so far. Yeah, see, I tell my kids, I'm not like funny. I'm like, this is like professional grade entertainment. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, okay? This shit's funny. Um. Anyway, um... Should we check the news really quick? Because I know you want to hear the Mensa Brothers. So here's some news headlines. In the, um, what would I call this? Tragic comedy that that is the world of the United States these days. Lost and stolen U.S. military explosives are turning up in the civilian world investigation. So show hundreds and possibly thousands of armor-piercing grenades. What? Armor-piercing grenades? What are we talking about there? Hundreds of pounds of plastic explosives, as well as landmines and rockets, have been stolen or lost by the U.S. Armed Forces over the past decade, according to an investigation. Hmm. 
the people in Hawaii, remember they, the military in, in Hawaii said that, hey, we fixed the water? And the, everybody said, yeah, it still tastes like gasoline. Okay, look, I'm not a health inspector. I just play one on the radio. If, if, if the water smells and tastes like gasoline, it ain't fucking fixed, boys and girls. Here's the, this is an Associated Press story by James Laporta. Yeah, when Laporta, he's he's no bullshit. The Marine Corps demolition specialist was worried about America and about the civil war he feared would follow the presidential election. So block by block, he stole 13 pounds of C4 plastic explosives from the training ranges of Camp Lejeune. Quote, the riots talk about seizing guns. I saw this country moving towards a scary unknown future, the sergeant would later write, in a seven-page statement to two, military to two military investigators. I had one thing in my mind and one thing only. I am protecting my family and my constitutional rights. Wow. His crime might have gone undetected, but authorities caught a lucky break in 2018 as they investigated yet another theft from Camp Lejeune, the massive base on coastal North Carolina, in which other, in that other case, explosives ended up in the hands of some high school kids. These are not isolated cases. Hundreds and possibly thousands of armor-piercing grenades, blah, 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 blah. Troops falsified records to cover up some of the thefts. How does that happen? Well, you don't shoot everything, and you're doing a turn-in, and that's supposed to be somebody that you trust. That somebody takes an expenditure report and says, oh, hold on, let me fix this. We didn't expend 100, right, sticks of C4. We expended 110, and then they take 10, and they put it in their pack, and they take it with them. That's how that this shit works most of the time. In August, an artillery shell exploded at a Mississippi recycling yard. Chris Smith suddenly found himself cradling a co-worker who was bleeding profusely from his legs. The man died right there. There's no reason for it at all, Smith said in an interview. Two days later, an intact shell was found in a scrapyard. The AP enters dozens of explosive investigations by NCIS, Naval Criminal Investigative Services, Army Criminal Investigative Services, and Defense Criminal Investigative Services. What, the Air Force doesn't have a criminal investigative service? In the majority of these 63 cases, the military didn't realize any explosives were gone until someone recovered them where they should be. Amazing. Hand grenades, easily stolen. There was a ring in, in at Camp Pendleton a few years ago that was moving this stuff up to Los Angeles and selling it to gangs. Yeah, most of the people responsible for that, former gang members that were that had enlisted in the military. The Army provided a chart to the Associated Press included the dates from 2010 to 2020, 1,900 entries for missing explosives. 
about half of which it said were recovered. So, you know, let me just tell you, and, and, and there, there's a couple items that are chief among all of these. One is hand grenades, two is C4. So, um, you know, might we, might we take a little lesson from that? I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe we should upgrade when we're using that shit. We should make it a more senior human being. Right. I don't know. It looks like a really complex situation we're trying to solve here. Oh, maybe it's fucking not. Anyhow. Uh, top story in the Wall Street Journal. U.S. to tighten rules for travelers over Omicron concerns. And again, I have to tell you, this has now become comical. Right? The ban on travel from Southern Africa. And when when you see what Joe Biden says and then what you see him say when Donald Trump did the same shit, straight up, all that is missing, no kidding, right, is the proverbial rim shot, okay? It is, yeah, it's the only thing that's absent from the carnival. There you go. And, and the record scratch boom both of them um yeah it's 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 calming now i also saw a headline as i was perusing the news this morning that the biden administration is going to revive the trump oh here's the headline u.s to restart remain in mexico program for asylum seekers <laughs> Both of them again, right? Are you shitting me? This racist country with these racist policies, this xenophobic shit. And now Joe Biden and his liberal administration are going to enact the same exact policies that were so racist. What do you say, man? What do you say? So, you know what? Let me tell you. I don't play a virologist. I'm not a vir- virologist. Is that how you say that? Virologist? I'm not either one of those. Okay? I just play one on the radio. You cannot stop these viruses. Yeah. They're going to come. They're going to come. And they're going to go through the population. You know, what would be helpful, though, is if the president of the United States, the next time he has a fucking conversation with the president of China, raises the issue about, could we, could, will you help us get to the bottom of this? That might help so we could understand how it happened. Yeah, not so funny, right? Not so fucking funny. Anyway, uh, top story in the New York Times is, okay, now here's, here's something interesting. Where is the New York Times going to put the headline? About the amnesty people remaining in Mexico. So we'll find that in the New York Times. Uh, The top headline is Biden to unveil new virus plan as Omicron reaches the United States. The gloom and doom. 
Omicron could knock a fragile economic recovery off track. So we weathered the first wave, we weathered Delta, and now Omicron's going to be the, the tipping point? Fuck that. And then you read, it's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the one case in, in the United States, which happens to be up in, uh, up in the Bay Area, right, had mild symptoms, wasn't hospitalized, wasn't, was treated and released. Yeah. And that's going to derail us? Oh, God. Softer than a baby's ass, man. Um, okay, so now I'm going looking like, so where would the New York Times include such a story as Joe Biden reviving Donald Trump's policy? Um, well, you got to scroll down the page and listen to the headline, breaking news. Mexico to allow U.S. remain in Mexico asylum policy to resume. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We'll see what the president has to say. I'm sure he'll come out, stare into the camera, scold us. I don't even know what he says. I just watch him scold us and then turn around. And if you watched his gait, a little bit fragile, Joe, you got to get out there and like do a little. I would tell you he should do some um, with a kettlebell, right? Deep squats. And that is standing, holding the kettlebell inverted in your hands. And your hands just north of your sternum, right? Feet shoulder width apart. And you go into the squat position all the way down like a catcher in baseball. Squat, deep squat. Okay, Joe? And then stand up. Stand the fuck up. Yeah, that if you're struggling. Right. So you can start out with like a coffee cup. Okay. Cause you look a little frail in spite of your aviator, in spite of your aviator sunglasses. Right. I don't mean to be cracking on the president, but I'm going to. Um, and then maybe you can, you got to build a little muscle strength, Joe. You got a little, you got to move around and you got to get the full range of muscles. Okay. You got to move. I like the move. Yeah, you got to move it, man. You got to move it. If you're just limping around, man, it is not. You look bad when you're walking away from the podium. Just a thought. All right. Um. (laughs) Uh, Here's another email. Seriously, did you drink this morning before you came on? Okay, let me give you a serious answer. No. I'm not a drinker. I've never been a drinker. I mean, a little bit in college when I was young and irresponsible. But that was mostly for recreational purposes, right, with my friends. Um, Yeah, but no. No, this is stone-ass sober. S-A-S. All right, uh, let me see if there's in, anything interesting that catches my eye in USNI News. U.S. Navy wraps up drills with partners in the Philippine, Straits, in the Philippine Sea in the Straits of Malacca. Yeah, I've been through. I've been in both because I'm a world traveler. 
That's what I am. I was a seagoing Marine, man. A seagoing bellhop for the United States Navy, guarding their nuclear weapons. Now, I can neither confirm nor deny that they were ever present on the USS Warship Ranger, the descendant of John Paul Jones, in case you bitches don't know that shit. That's right. Boom, Top Gun of the Pacific Fleet. That's where they made Top Gun, too. How about that? Anyway, um, the Navy this week completed exercises in the Philippine Sea with multilateral partners and an exercise with Malaysia in the Moluccan Straits. How about that? Let me tell you, anytime you exercise with these nations, it's a good thing. Now, Joe Biden, come on, man. You got to create some form of economic incentive for companies in the United States to do business in Vietnam, Malaysia, and the Philippines. Right? To hell with China. What are we fucking waiting for? Anyway, uh, the U.S. the U.S. participated with the aircraft carrier USS Carl Vinson. Having a reputation as a dirty ship when I was when I was a seagoing marine, the air uh, with carrier Air Wing Two, the cruiser USS Lake Champlain. I think the Lake Champlain ran into a Korean fishing vessel a few years ago. The destroyer USS Stockdale, boom, named after one of the greatest leaders in naval history, Admiral James Stockdale, United States Naval Academy, class of uh, who knows not. Uh, it sounded like something I should say, but I don't know the answer to that. The replenishment ship, USNS Rappahannock, and the USS John Erickson, which is an oiler. Both of those, the Rappahannock and the Erickson, are both <laughs> are both are both oilers. Okay. There was also an unnamed Los Angeles class submarine involved in it. Yeah, we don't talk about submarines. Do you want to know why? Because they're too busy crashing into undersea mountains. Fuck. Uh, the German Navy participated on the upside. Yeah, Germany. Remember those freeloading bozos on the continent? The uh, the frigate FGS Bayern. The RAN. I don't know what that is. Royal Australian Navy. Yeah, but you know what? You're supposed to use it as a phrase before you use the acronym, okay? So everybody, memo to USNI News, hello. AP rules suggest that. The destroyer HMAS, Her Majesty's Australian Navy, Brisbane. That's how you say that. It's not Brisbane, it's Brisbane. The frigate HMAS, Waramunga, not Cowabunga, Waramunga. Uh, very different. And the Royal Canadian Naval Ship, the HM Her Majesty's Canadian Ship, Winnipeg, eh? Prior to the exercise, Waramunga, as opposed to Cowabunga, and Bayern were on separate monitoring and surveillance patrols in the East China Sea in support of the United Nations sanctions on North Korea. Yeah, how about that? The Japanese... Maritime self-defense force ships participating in the in the in the drills included the destroyer Izumo, destroyers Izazuma, Inazuma, Harasumi, Onami, Terakuza. Holy shit, man! The Japanese, Asai, Yamagiri, 
Kirishima, Koke, the replenishment ship Umi, and an unnamed Japanese maritime self-defense force submarine. But as opposed to American submarines, it was not running into underground mountains. Um, the Peruvian Navy was out there. What are like? This is like the coolest place to be. The Korean Navy had a couple of corvettes out there. Those are small ships, just so you non-naval types understand. Yeah, the fucking Peruvian Navy. You know what? I hope all these people got to the same port because that would have been a pretty, pretty good party. Yeah. Over in the Moluccan Strait, the U.S. Navy and the Royal Malaysian Navy concluded maritime training activity Malaysia 2021 on Tuesday. The U.S. Navy participated with the littoral combat ship USS Tulsa and a P-8A Poseidon, which was staged out of the Royal Malaysian Air Base by the name of Butterworth in Malaysia. Now, the P-8 Poseidon, okay, that is an anti-submarine airframe, just so you know. So what they do is they go up, and I think if they're like anything like the um, uh, the P three used to be, I mean it's a big jet, looking to be like a seven thirty seven ish type of an airframe, and um, and they go up and they they can drop sauna buoys, and they have this tail that sticks out of the back, and so when you think you have a submarine, these things start you know, dropping things to start pinging. And that's uh, as dead as fried chicken, okay? Yeah. Now, the big the big bonus to be a P3 driver was that they got per diem while other people did not. Yeah, they liked it. And they could also, because the airplanes were so big, they could buy furniture and shit around the world and they could take it home for cheap. Yeah, both my roommates on the Ranger were P3 pilots. They told me all the time, like, what a great deal it was to be a P3 pilot. They were on the Ranger as their payback tour. They had to go to sea because the Navy gets pissed at shit like that. Okay, um, we're, where did we leave off? The Royal Malaysian Air Force at Butter, Butterworth Airfield. Uh, the Royal Malaysian Navy sent the frigate KD Laiku and the Corvette Lakir to the drills. So... I mean, big deal, right? And um, the Vietnamese People's Navy sent the Lai Tai To. That's a frigate, in case you don't know, in case you're not keeping up on your naming uh, protocols of the of the People's Navy of Vietnam. Northern Sumatra participated in the exercise. You gotta be kidding me, man. The Indonesian frigate, the KRI Raiden Eddy participated. The Malaysian frigate, KD Laiku, participated. The Minamar frigate, UMS Kyansita, participated. And the Singapore Corvettes, RSS Bigger. And the Thai frigate, Karabur. What in the hell, man? This is like a total naval Olympic festival. How about that? Congratulations, man, to Indo PACOM. Well done, boys and girls. Nice going. Uh, the HMS Harry Truman, HMS, I'm sorry, the Harry Truman Strike Group, HMS, what was that? Uh, yeah, Her Majesty's Ship Harry Truman, 
What? Yeah, the USS Harry Truman and its and its carrier battle group, now called a strike group, left on December 1st. South Korea is growing its navy. So uh, that, I'm spending too much time on this, I know. But I kind of got rolling this morning and I don't want to stop. Um, top stories in Marine Corps Times. Petroleum found in Navy water system after fuel leak in samples from an elementary school, according to Hawaiian officials. Next headline, gunnery sergeants who never went to boot camp, it may be coming to the Marine Corps. Now, this is something that Marines rail about. What? Why don't we not call them gunnery sergeants? Why don't we call them E7s? Hey, E7, what's up? Because gunnery sergeant is a title that is earned, not bestowed. Earn the title. So if you want to make somebody a contract anything, let's give them a different title. Let's just call them Larry. Hey, Larry, are you the cyber warfare dude? Yeah, man. Hey, cool. And let's do away with all the bullshit protocol just because we think we need to pay him more. Okay, because when you're a gunnery sergeant, that's a thing, right? When I close my eyes and think gunnery sergeants, I think of pipe swinging people. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome to watch. Great theater as the Marine Corps tries to what to see around this one. All right, top five stories, and then the Mensa brothers are uh, are going to join us. Uh, number one, petroleum found in Navy water system after fuel leak in samples from military school. You know what? Can we not do anything right? Can we not declare the water is good? And then the school says, yeah, we, we the school of all places. Like, what's worse? The daycare found it. Now the school district finds it. Come on, man. Like. Is it that hard? I don't think it is, right? To get the drinking water right? There's a system in place. Okay, I think we got the problem licked, but we got all this fuel in these pipes. It's oil-based, so it's going to stick to the metal. How do we flush the system, sir? Oh, well, Napa Man's on that. He's a good man. He'll take care of it. Got it. So what do we do? Get the PAO in here. Tell him it's good because we're taking a lot of shit on this. You know what I mean? And then they say it's good. And then the school district says, uh, yeah, our kids are still drinking gasoline. Oh, yeah. I don't even have to do that, right? Comedy. Shit show. Not supposed to happen like that. It's supposed to be competent people doing competent things, right? And when you don't know, you know what you say? I don't know. I will find out. That's how that works. But not so much what we do anymore. We just bullshit people. Number two, two more Alaska soldiers died off duty last week. Alaska has a problem. Okay. Ongoing investigations. They have a suicide problem up there. 
The second soldier who died was a sergeant. He was found dead in his vehicle on Sunday in Anchorage. The Anchorage Police Department and CID are investigating to determine the cause of death. Senior leaders previously expressed their alarm about a seeming spike in suicides among military personnel stationed in Alaska. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin traveled to the state in July. I am deeply concerned about the suicide rate, not only here, but across the force. One loss by suicide is too many. While we're working hard on this problem, we have a lot more to do. You know what the latest that's going to get rolled out is? I'm not, I'm not wait till it happens. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, I've already teased it on the program. It was in legislation, right? Next story. Hundreds of veterans, service personnel, send letter to Washington on Afghan allies' behalf. So that fight's still going on. Gunnery sergeants who never went to boot camp and may be coming to the Marine Corps. Again, don't call them gunnery sergeants. Right? Marine Corps is calling these people exceptionally talented Americans could join the Marine Corps as lieutenant colonels or gunnery sergeants. Don't call them lieutenant colonels. Don't call them gunnery sergeants. Pay them as such, but don't call them that. What? And they won't know how to salute? They won't know how to do anything? And they will be ostracized and ridiculed. Yeah. Because everybody else earns that shit. So don't do that to them. Do not. Here's some advice. Do not do that to them. Give them a different rank. Give them a different category. Bring them in. Let them work. Let them wear a jumpsuit. Yeah. Like MC Hammer or some shit like that. And everybody know. Oh, yeah. That's the dude. Call them dudes. Call them. I don't know what you, the female equivalent of a dude is. Yeah, I uh, I won't even venture a guess because I don't want to be that guy, right? Is there a familiar word that you could use for a woman that answer? No, there is none. We're not there anymore. Uh, 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 sorry about that. Um, so, dude. So that's like dude second. <laughs> that's that's like dude. He's a dude seven. Oh no shit. Hey man, what's up? Nothing, man. How are you? <clears throat> I'm good. I'm a gunny. Okay? You're a dude. <laughs> You're a dude. Yeah. And everybody would be good with that. We need dudes to do certain, like, you know, nuanced things. And that, you know, I don't know, artificial intelligence. We need artificial intelligence dudes. Okay? And women. Okay? But there is no, like, familiar term for a woman anymore because they're serious. Right? Men are not. This we know. <clears throat> so call them dudes and then call them, oh, she's a woman, seventh class. Oh, no shit. Hey, how are you doing, ma'am? Yeah, but I don't think she's earned the title, ma'am. So we'd have to figure out something else. Lady? <laughs> how you doing, lady? Yeah, that would be appropriate. Different. Do not give them something that people spend a lifetime earning. And expect that it's going to go well. Because it ain't. Um, and I've seen it. Marine Corps did something called contract corporal um, in, the, in the 80s. And so if you enlisted for six years, you were guaranteed 
the rank of E4 by a certain date of, of your contract. And what would happen is these Marines would be lance corporals in a fire team, <clears throat> in an infantry platoon, right? And they might be the second or third best guy. So they're nowhere near being a fire team leader. And then guess what happens? Just like Cinderella, bong, yeah. The clock hits midnight and they contractually become a corporal and they become the leader. Oh my God, those poor son of a bitches. Nobody respected them. They wouldn't do what they told them to do. They couldn't snitch on them because these guys would beat their ass. Because that's not how you do it. Oh, they won't do what I say. Because they weren't leaders. They hadn't spent enough time doing it. They weren't ready to do it yet. And we gave it to them. Yeah, it did not work out well. Uh, next headline. Biden administration outlines space priorities for the first Space Council meeting. The Space Council. Doesn't that sound like... Right, can you imagine? Is that like the bar scene in Star Wars? The space Council? Can you imagine the human and extraterrestrial life forms that will show up at that thing? Uh, sir, what's going on here? This is kind of weird. Uh, this is the first National Space Council meeting. Oh, the Space Council's competing? Yes. So if you see some UFOs land in the parking lot, don't call them gunny, right? Because they didn't earn it. Call them your eminence from another galaxy. Got it, sir. Okay. Guardians! Yeah, that's what the Space Force is. They're the guardians. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. I'm killing myself. Uh, booster so shots urgent for U.S. personnel in Italy as new law invalidates earliest vaccinations on health passes. All right. Good luck to all you people serving in Italy. Here's another one. Here's hey, my, my one of my favorites, Anthony Blinken, who takes all this shit personally. Blinken says Russia could move on the Ukraine in short order. Ooh. So what are we gonna do it about it, Tony? You got another strongly worded statement you want to issue? Huh? Is that what you're gonna do? Tough guy. And let me tell you, you better call your therapist because you take this personally. I hope you don't take the 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 Ukrainian invasion personally because you know pretty soon you're gonna like take this thing personally out of a job next headline putin demands nato guarantees not to expand eastward that's what it's gonna take i won't invade if you promise not to expand eastward so what is ukraine is it just nothing and if you agree to that his red line, right? So he's got you in a vice. Next headline, Ramstein Airbase spent $56.3 million on Afghan refugees in two months. Whoa, that's a lot of money. Um, how many people were there? 30,000 evacuees. I guess that would run up your tab pretty quick. How much does it cost to feed 30,000 people three times a day? And, I mean, did they give them snacks like mid-rats? Because, you know, the Navy can't keep their big fat guts in business without having mid-rats. Mac, what are mid-rats? It's snacks late at night. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you go foraging like a bear, 
Next operational headline. Japan wants U.S. to ground F-16s after pilot dropped a fuel tank during an emergency. Hmm. We're dropping shit all over Japan. Somebody dropped a water bottle out of an Osprey. That created an international event. And now a pilot reportedly dropped an external fuel tank onto a coastal town during an in-flight emergency. I mean, didn't they watch the Great Santini? Aren't they supposed to get away from the city before they do shit like that? Come on, man. Pickle the fuel tank, right, over Tokyo. What the fuck are you doing, son? Russia orders U.S. diplomats to leave as Ukraine tensions escalate. Yep, there you go. All right, so, um, yeah, I did not intend to be on the air for 70 minutes this morning. So, with that said, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of levity in the program this morning. And joining me now are my friends, the Mensa Brothers. It is Thursday. Joining me are my friends, uh, Will C. from the greater Kansas City area. Will, what's up? Uh, just happy to be here. It's uh, made it almost to 70, 70 degrees today. The great Midwest. There you go. Global warming. The gift of global I'm warming. All for it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. From McAllen, Texas. How far is Edinburgh, Texas from you? Three miles. Three miles? Yeah, I, it's, I, it's, it, they're connected. They're essentially connected. McAllen, Edinburgh, Mission are all one big conglomerate of city. Got it. Yeah. I, I have some friends there. I might introduce you oh, to them. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 he's right down the road. How are things in McAllen? Now is the time to be in McAllen, my friend, because the weather is perfect. It is perfect. Cool in the morning, like about, you know, 63, gets up in the low 80s, then comes back down in the evening. Oh, it's nice. All right. Speaking of speaking of perfect, Jeff Kenny joins us. Uh, I'm not sure where Jeff is. If he's back in Southern California or if he's still in the Eastern White House in Northern Las Vegas. Uh, Jeffrey, where where are you? I'm in the uh, I'm in my chateau in uh, San Clemente. Oh, slumming it again down in Southern yeah. California. Yeah, I got to work so. The um, now before we get started, I have a question for Jeffrey because he knows shit like this. When we refer to Ukraine, I always refer to it as the Ukraine. Is that a World War II term? When it was no. the Soviet Union, and we referred to it as the uh, kind of a region, the Ukraine. Where where does do you? Am I? Am I alone in that in that uh, linguistic flaw? Or well, when you when you translate from Russian, um, it comes out to the Ukraine. But Lori's Ukrainian. Her and her mother was first generation, like her grandmother. They, and I went to her, her mother's funeral, it was a Ukrainian funeral, and uh, it was really. Uh, if they call it Ukraine, you're Ukrainian, and you're from Ukraine. They don't say the, the Ukraine. It's not like, uh, you know, not like the Velt, you know, or the step or anything like that. It's, you know, so, so do, when you guys refer to the, the Ukraine, do you just say Ukraine? Is yeah. That, is that me alone? Am I the only one with this, this uh, geographical, grammatical faux pas? Will? We'll see. I, I once wrote a short story and called wait, wait, is your name Will C? Like, like I thought the, I might be able to dive in there. What the I got, fuck I, is I, I wrong with ahead. you? Do you like? Are you trying to usurp fast. the rules and orders of this? No, no, no. I thought I could well, slide in Well, then come there. on, Timmy. Shit. 
We'll see. I'm sorry. I will. Con- I will. Uh, you, you will be. You will be. You will be recognized in time to wax eloquent, but do not yes. violate the standing rules and laws of this August body. Yeah, I. I mean, I think of it as Ukraine, a country. I believe that the Ukraine. I think Jeff was going there. Is sort of a. Uh, Ukraine means something like out there or on the border or borderland or something like that. So I think when it was translated from Russian, it's like the the Ukraine, the out there somewhere. So I don't know if it snuck in to English that way. I think of it as Ukraine, a country. Hmm. You know, I'm trying to think. Hold on, hold on. You have not, you like have that. not been recognized yeah, either. Tim, Tim, Timoth- Tim, Timothy has now has the floor. I had to do that after after I slapped his his shit. I have to recognize I, I, and, it. And I'm and, and I was just going to say that that uh, I once wrote a short story talking about PTSD, calling it the PTSD, as in I I think that Jeff's got the PTSD. But that was just me writing a stupid short story, bro. I don't know who and I don't. I've is never that, heard anybody say. Is that like people Ukraine. referring to the Twitter? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, Got it. Isn't that what's being clever? The diabetes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't sound as right with diabetes. The COVID, the PTSD, that sounds about right. The Ukraine? That's, uh, I don't know. No? It's, uh, you can't? It's, it's a country. I don't know. It's just. It's, it's a country. In the eyes of the law, it's the same as a person. You might hurt its feelings with a V. Yeah, that, like, that's it, in fact true. Is it, yeah. There's like there's the Netherlands. The you know, yeah, huh? The Hague? Yeah. There's the Aquitaine, like uh that was a place they called the Aquitaine it was much contended for piece of property in France between England and uh France during the uh Middle Ages. Yeah, there's the Battle there, of Gettysburg. There used to be these there used to be these United States until we became the United States. There is the Vatican. Yeah. Oh, see yes. now I can I think see. They call it Vatican. I think. It's, I think if you're in, if you're in Rome, you call it the Vatican the City. The Vatican. I said, yeah, yeah, Vatican City, whatever. Church, the big church. <laughs> the uh, all right. Let's talk about. Uh, well, the first thing we have to talk about <clears throat> is a piece of unfinished business, and that is how the fuck did that three hundred dollar turkey go down? In great inquiring minds want to know. Well, you know, as a, a man who considers himself part of the bulk work against the corporate takeover of our poultry system, I'm reading the, I'm, re- I'm reading all the uh, all the, the 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 publications that they sent with it. I'll tell you this: the turkey was very, very uh, tender. There was very little to almost no white meat on it whatsoever. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. I'm still not so sure that the uh, financial hit was worth. Saving heritage poultry from extinction, but God damn it, I'm not going to sit here and let heritage poultry go extinct if I can do something about it. So what's 300 bucks over my fucking dead body? That's exactly apparently right. And it's and this place is this place is in Kansas. Maybe not uh, dead, but maybe penniless body. Um, hold on a second. Let me. I'll I'll tell you right where it is. Let me see if I can find the stupid address. Plymouth Rock or somewhere associated. No, no, it's in Kansas. It's in Kansas. What? Uh, How can this be? Hold on a second. Here it is. We're raising Narragansett turkeys in Kansas. 
Hey, dude, it's a big country. They're a big bird. There's all kinds no, of things. I, I think now, I, now I just want to say, I think what you did was bullshit because how could it be a true Narragansett bird if it's raised in Des Moines? Because we've got friggin' Des Moines in Iowa. <laughs> what, whatever. Because, because we've got genetic information that tells us this is a genuine uh, Narragansett bird. They're but it can't like be COVID Narragansett if it's not in Narragansett. I'm interested now. It's, a name, the- it's the name of a bird. When the Narragansett turkey was spread all out through, through the eastern part of New England, they still called it the Narragansett turkey, even if they got it in Connecticut. They didn't call it a nutmeg turkey. They didn't call it a – what would you say about I know, but I know, but again, in order for – your argument – as to why you were on the hook for three hundo for this turkey was that you were preserving the, the heritage. If all you're doing is is preserving the genetic lineage, then fuck it. Right? Well, you know, it's kind of. I think I, I don't want to say you, genetic lineage is another man's heritage, bro. Oh, so this is now your this, free, thing, this, this is your thing, freedom fighter. This thing is that is, is is was raised at the Good Shepherd Ranch in Texas. And on none of this information does it tell you where the hell that is. I guess so you got to call Texas. them up and find out. Oh, I'm sorry. It's West Long. No, that's New Jersey. What the fuck? The only address on this thing is for New Jersey, but the farm is in is in uh, Kansas, and it's a gigantic tourist attraction, an agri-tourism destination unlike any other. And there you go. We have those in Kansas. Apparently. But it was a good turkey. I, I, I got to admit, it was a good well, I mean, turkey. You know, when, when I was a kid, I wanted was there such a thing as a turkey with nothing but dark meat? Because the white meat's lousy and dry and makes you want to gag. Yes. My dad, I said, Dad, do they have turkeys just dark meat? He goes, yeah. They're called ducks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you're lucky to get, you got you to gotta elbow your way in and get that dark meat before, you know, somebody else does. You got a big family. That is a fact. That is a fact. You know, but and, let and me you tell can, you, if you flip your bird, you can make that white meat quality i'm always flipping a bird and i get in trouble i know i know we're talking about a little bit different that term in a little bit different vein though there's a whole generation of americans being raised that cannot countenance the thought of a factory raised turkey that was never allowed to walk never allowed to tend to its young always raised in a stressful environment this is apparently uh uh, the future at least according to the good shepherd poultry ranch I will tell you what, man. Yeah. I'm, there you go. I'm I, not one of them. I, I have always been like a huge fan of the whole butterball conglomerate. Frozen, so injected, full of chemicals. Yeah, I don't really give a fuck, Tim man. Saying, Tim is saying you you have this turkey. You you breed it. You you raise it. You have it have a family. It's a it's a productive member of the animal kingdom. It's big in the farmyard. And then when it says peak of life. You slaughter it and eat it and, <laughs> and every it every and digest it and in my case vomit it up and that's what how that's humiliating. I'd rather just do that to a factory made injected, <laughs> you know, big hunk of uh, you know fowl. You know what I mean? If I'm gonna do that, well, I I, I will say this about turkeys though they're not uh, you know the, I I don't understand this good shepherd system where every day they meet the humans, everything's going swimmingly until the day in which they say they just off them. I don't know how they. They do that without stressing yeah, I know. the other. I have, I have that Jody. I lured him in with a piece of bread. Yeah. As the shepherd for 
fuck's sakes, you can't. That's like so unshepherd like. Shepherds oh, don't no, do no. that. I, I, I think they might import people. Who who knows? But I do remember. Oh, they bring in. They bring in. For, they bring in foreigners so they don't violate the shepherd Turkey relationship. No, nah, they, they. It may be a little bit of a connection between the people raising them. I'm, I don't know. They might just well, be bloodthirsty and and start hacking heads in, at midnight in order to get these birds out because they don't remember. freeze. People started doing that. The pilgrims, they're Protestants. I mean, what do you expect? No, that is well, true. That is and true. And we always heard that Turkey those, was the those, most those difficult pro- game animal. Those, right? God, those godless Protestants. Those, yeah. But we always those drinking Protestants, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, the, and the turkeys are supposed to be a, a, a hard game animal to catch. But I've noticed that eastern turkeys, and I think there might be Narragansett turkeys down there in, in, in Quantico, <laughs> they don't stand a chance against a hungry between the lieutenants. You guys remember that? Or nothing much does. During no, during the patrol exercise when they when they found one in the deadfall and and dog piled it and killed it and ate it because we only gave them one MRE a day. Remember that shit? That I don't know yeah. that that's I don't know that that's a good idea. When you're eating animals that can't run. Um you know, I, I learned of there's there's well, a they ambushed them. They were lieutenants, they did lieutenant shit. They yeah, I don't think I don't stick. I think animals have keen senses, but whatever. Um you know there's a designation for beef called 4D. Have you ever heard of it? No, yeah, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I heard of it. Dead, diseased, dying, and down. 4D. Oh, yeah. Don't, okay. don't touch them. Okay. Yeah. Who do you think is the number one purchaser of 4D meat? DOD. <laughs> yes. I read that once. I was like, <laughs> like 4D? Like, what? What in the that's hell? The S, that's the S in the SOS. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so we uh, we somehow it might have been on Fourth of July when we were in Iraq. They shipped. Uh, no, no, no. I know it was. We've been out for like six weeks. hadn't seen a chow hall. We pulled into a chow hall and they had steak. And so I'm sitting there with all my crews and they're going crazy. And I said, "Listen." If we get home, we'll have steak at my house. Offhand remark, you don't think about that stuff. Oh, no. On the airplane home, (laughs) the whole contingent came up. Sir, when are we coming over for a steak dinner? I think we're going to make it home. Oh, man, I had to pay that off. Man, good man. In my backyard eating choice ribeyes. Oh. And I got the, oh. Yes, sir. Now we understand what you were saying back there. The ah, that's America there, bro. There you yeah, go. It's it's interesting what people remember and what they forget, <laughs> you know? So did you have them over? Was I there? Oh, there? Yeah. Yeah. They were out there in the backyard. And your backyard was huh? like a slope, too, man. Yeah. You know? Perilous. We all lived across the street yeah. from they, me. They can't remember what time Reveille is, right? Yeah, yeah, but ever, ever, ever. Uh, what was the highlight of your uh, highlight of your Christmas, Will? Of my Christmas? No, 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 no. The, the, of your Thanksgiving. Um. Well, you know, I was going down to Dallas, and I got about two hours down there, and I got sick. So I turned around and went home. What the fuck? Huh. Yeah. What do you mean you went? Yeah. Si- you got sick? Did your tummy hurt? Um. I pulled off the road, pulled in behind a truck at a rest stop, woke up sometime later uh, having vomited all over myself in the car. 
was there was there was there was there excessive alcohol involved in this? No, I hadn't had a drink in three days. It was eight o'clock in the morning. You should have. That's, yeah. that's probably the reason. <laughs> what the wild. what the fuck happened? Puking all over yourself? What the fuck is wrong with time. you? I know. I was sick. I'm so proud of you. So the highlight. <laughs> I'm proud of you. The, I highlight, the highlight of my Thanksgiving is, is that my daughter <laughs> drove up from Dallas instead of me having to drive down there. Whoa, oh, what a total piece of shit. What a, what a smooth move, though. Yeah, your yeah, daughter. Hall of, my other daughter said. Hall of, Hall of, I, I was coming Hall of Fame move. I'll go worry. Dad will come up to you. Nice. Yeah, that, that's what my other daughter said. She said, boy, you really went a long way to get her to go up there. Right. Well, you know. right. She wanted to be the executive of the state. She just won that lottery. The, yeah. um, <laughs> the, uh, so that was the highlight. My daughter and son-in-law drove up from Dallas. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Tim, what, what, was, what was the highlight of your Thanksgiving? The highlight of my Thanksgiving was tasting that excellent turkey and realizing <laughs> that, hey, I'm not a complete sucker. This actually tastes pretty damn good for turkey. That was the, that was the extent Did of my Did it taste highlight. better than your high-end butter ball? Oh, I, well, of course it did. I paid $300 <laughs> for it. How the hell is it not going to taste better, for Christ's sakes? But when I tasted it, it actually tasted really damn good because I would have said that anyway. But but I but I'm being honest with you. I think these guys in Kansas got a got a product for the those that can afford it, <laughs> which now, isn't me is, normally. Okay, hold on. Three hundred dollars. So was there a more expensive turkey? Was there? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more expensive it, if you get bigger. They get they get them all. So size, it's the same. So, so just by weight, but it wasn't weight. like like the Sterling Narragansett as opposed to the. Clamp it, Narragansett. Hold on a second. I'm looking at my bird things here. Nope, it was uh, it was a Narragansett, bro. Just a straight up regular Narragansett. I know there's straight Sterling up. in here somewhere. Regular. Where am I seeing Sterling? Oh, that's standard. Thirty dollar a pound turkey. Dude, <laughs> it's not. It's not an investment in just the bird. It's an investment in all of the birds. It's an investment yes. in America. I mean, it's our heritage, That's for right. God's sake. That's right. That's even right. though, even though they're not in. Yeah, I think everybody Benjamin should be Narragansett. Right. One, one of the national animal will be a, a turkey, Benjamin Franklin. Did. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think it's yeah. because he looked vaguely like a turkey himself. Big ass, big fat <laughs> ass, and a turkey neck. You know. <laughs> Speaking of big fat asses, I asked Grant Newsom. When was because the other day, what sometime last week, Henry Kissinger said, I don't think that the I don't even do a good Henry Kissinger, but um, he said, uh, he said, I don't think that China will invade Taiwan. And I told Grant, I said, Well, first thing, Stunner, who knew he was still alive? Uh, yeah. next thing, I said, Grant, and this is one of the great lines, right. Talk about the velvet stiletto. Grant pulled it out. What was Lynn's line at, at the end of his snarky fucking article that he wrote? It, I mean, whether you, you could hate his ass, but he had this awesome <laughs> line about Mackenzie and rarely are, right? Uh, he quotes yeah, Mackenzie, right, right? Uh, about the withdrawal of Afghan from Afghanistan and blah, 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 blah. blah. Rarely are something this rich. But anyway, it was it was good. So I asked Grant, when was the last time you think Henry Kissinger PT'd? And Grant said, probably the last time General Milley did. 
<laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right out of the blue. I went, whoa. <laughs> he said, you know, he was in the army. I said, Kissinger was? He said, yeah. yeah Second World War, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know that. So, Jeffrey, what was the highlight of your Thanksgiving? Well, we had a good meal. We did two um, not too big uh, turkeys deep fried, so that tasted great. And uh, then the Lori's three kids were with us. They went off to play pool. And uh, so me and her, she got put, she found this thing on her computer and transposed it on the TV screen, which is 75 inches big in my house. It's unbelievable. It's like a movie theater. And it was, name that TV show from the music. So for the 60s and 70s. So for two and a half hours, me and her did that. To where we're both singing at the top of our lungs, the theme to, uh, like uh, the Brady Bunch. The, yes, <laughs> unfortunately, the Brady Bunch and fucking, uh, um, um, oh geez, uh, uh, Brady Bunch, My Three Sons, or uh, no, whistling fucking, uh, whistling the theme to uh, Maybear or uh, Andy Griffith, and all that stuff, singing yeah. Happy Days. I thought to myself. I had a blast, just me and her, and I wasn't even drinking. What? And, um, I was going to yeah. ask how much alcohol was involved. You were sober. Oh, yeah. You were sober doing yeah. this. Well, because it's like a contest, you know. And half of it was just identifying music. So, and like so, there's uh, Hogan's Heroes. There's you know, there's and then we everybody we're singing. We all knew the words to uh, Petticoat Junction and Green Acres and fucking <laughs> Killington's Island. <laughs> And, uh, I bet I could do that off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised no at the shit you remember, man. Green Acres. <laughs> yeah, it's a place to be farmed. <laughs> yeah, we did and that. And that's fun. Uh, how am I going to get this image out of my head now? <laughs> I know. This is... This is... Uh, <clears throat> my. I guess my. I spent Thanksgiving alone. I ate by myself. I made a turkey... And everything, because I love the meal. My daughters were over in the afternoon, and then they uh, went over to their grandmothers. And I have to tell you that I would not recommend doing this very often, but I did not mind it. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Um, first of all, I was, ti- I was tired. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> aside from that, and, and I don't, I don't want to come off as something I'm not, but I, I, was, I was making dinner and, and thinking about Thanksgiving, and then the thought dawned on me, all the things I have to be grateful for in my life. Now, normally when your family's around, you know, you, just, you, know, you, you might say that. But I don't, I mean, and I, I don't know, I thought about for a while uh, how blessed I've been over the course of my life um, uh, professionally and all the different ways that I've been blessed in my life. I, my, you, know, I, you know, Susan and I have four great kids. Um, although divorced, she and I still <clears throat> have a great relationship. And uh, so I, you know, and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it on an annual basis because I think that that would make you a loner or a loser. But, um, but it, it dawned on me. I mean, I can't compete with throwing up on myself in a car or anything like that. But um, no, I, I, I actually, <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought about, you know, about. I mean, just the ton of things that I. Um, in my life that I have to be thankful for. And so uh, it was, it was do, you, do you different. remember when you were, 
when we when you were first starting this program, you had me on years ago, and uh, and it was right around of, before. Of course, of course, I do. How could I forget? <laughs> no, I, I I mentioned to you back then because it's not a problem of mine now. But back then, and for the years prior to that, Thanksgiving and Christmas were fucking difficult to go. Oh, I, I remember. No, you know what? Yeah. I remember you saying that they, they were. And I had a and I have I have bad memories of of, of a Thanksgiving and. In, in fucking Baghdad anyway, you know? So, I mean, it was always seems like that when that comes around, I get, uh, I not now, but back then, I, I had very, it was very difficult to get through. Yeah. So I, I'm concurring with your recommendation about not making a habit of doing that too often. No. Um, mm. So let's talk about guns a little bit. We'll, <clears throat> we'll send a picture of a brand new, a brand new 45. And uh, so other than vomiting on himself, I mean, his Thanksgiving weekend was filled with a 45. So first of all, talk to us about, I have one pistol, it's a 45. Um, I have one rifle. Actually, I have more than one rifle. Um, <clears throat> and then one Garand, which is most fun to shoot. When you shoot the M1, you know you just shot a rifle, okay? And uh, I love it because every movie, every TV show I ever watched as a kid um, has the M1 Grand in it, and so uh, so I love that. And uh, but Will, tell us about the the new one you got, and then you you did depot level, as Jeffrey said, unauthorized depot level maintenance, and uh, <laughs> and tell us about that. Yeah, so <clears throat> the first gun I ever got was. Uh, my grandfather was a World War II Korea veteran, and he's got the 45 that he carried in World War II in Korea. And he gave that to me some time ago. And uh, I was out at the range, it seems like a month or maybe a month and a half ago, and I hadn't shot it in a while. And I went out and shot it, and um, I said, you know, I sort of like shooting 45 sometimes, not often, but I don't really want to shoot this gun all that much more. All right. So, so I went looking for uh, a forty-five, and forty-fives are funny now. They're you know they're become the Barbie dolls out there. Mm, you yeah. can get them in all kinds of different stuff. And so I said, well, I'm going to buy one good forty-five. So I uh, I bought a Colt Gold Cup National Match Series seventy forty-five. So it's uh, I haven't shot it yet, but it's adjustable sights. You know, got a high-end trigger on it, national match barrel. Should be a really good gun. Yeah. Um, Don't put it in yeah. a Kydex holster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got that one, and I listen you know, to me. I, my grandfather's forty-five had. It's got two sets of grips on it, and uh, so it had these uh, like rubberized plastic grips. But I also had a set of walnut grips. So I was taking the plastic ones off to put the walnuts ones on and you can look back in there and you see the in the sort of the back strap of the 45 you can see the sear spring and a piece of the hammer comes down and it was looking pretty nasty in there figure my grandfather's 45 it was manufactured by ithaca gun so it's a world war ii production that thing was probably made in 42 or 43 um so it's 80 years old and i'm not sure it had ever been taken apart so you get on YouTube, and it's really not hard to take them apart. <laughs> it comes apart pretty easily. 
And I pull the thing out and I wire brush some of the rust off and clean some of the 80-year-old gunk out. And I'd start putting the thing back together last night. And I, for the life of me, could not get it back together. And it's just a series of mechanical parts that fit together. And then this one goes in and that pin goes in. And and you're watching the guy on YouTube do, do it and he does it and I can't get it to work. And I spent like two hours on it last night. And so I said, hmm, I may have to bring this thing to a gunsmith to get it back together. Let me go take a look at it. Oh, the, humi- the humility. Oh, yeah. Oh, so fuck. this morning I went, back oh, yeah. I went back down there and I put it together in about three minutes. I have no idea what I was doing last night. Um, but it's interesting. First, it's interesting what you can find on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. People Every, do to guns. Everything. Yeah. And... uh there's got to be 50 videos on there, how to assemble and disassemble a 45. But it was also just interesting getting into the mechanics at that level of a firearm, because you don't do that in the military, right? What I did right. was at way above first echelon maintenance, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, so just seeing the inner guts of a 45, which is a, you know, it's an old system. It's all mechanical. Uh, it was just really interesting to see. Um, yeah. So that one will just go back in the safe and eventually my son will inherit it and I won't ever shoot it again. Um, but I'll shoot this new one eventually. You know, when I was in Jalalabad, we had, uh, the it, MIT. it is such a shame that everybody can't see Tim when he kind of, oh, he, I got, I got he's leaning I, back, listening to Will and he's contemplating life. And then he kind of leans over with this serious look on his face and he brings his hands together and and then he starts like moving his hands and then he begins to talk. It is so rich. It is so rich. And then he says some crazy shit because he looks like he's going to say something fucking profound. But anyway, no, Timmy, no, no. No, go I ahead. Just, I, was a, I was a similar story in that when I was in Jalalabad, uh, the MIT sent a fabrication laboratory out there for the children of Jalalabad and out with it came a bunch of MIT grad students uh, who was led by a, a woman by the name of Amy Sun, who's actually a mechanical engineer, getting her PhD in fluid dynamics because she's a rocket scientist working for, you know, no shit rocket scientists. At any rate, I bought out all the weapons because we had to teach them how to use these weapons and whatnot, a little familiarity. And they're looking at these things. And they and I had I had all three variants of the uh, of the grease gun. I had a bunch of grease guns that I forgot where I got them. And they look at these guns and they're they're like, oh my God, I can't. And they just start taking them apart. They took that grease gun down to, to you couldn't get it. They're like, how the hell is this? Who the hell does this? Because it was made out of stamped metal. And they, as engineers, they thought it was just an entirely unsafe until they saw the Soviet Pitska. And that was a real unsafe yeah. weapon there. But yeah, um, the it was funny how, how, how mechanical engineering people, and these are guys and girls, they'd never seen guns before. They had them all taken apart. And putting them back together. And I said, why, why do you do that? And she said, well, that's sort of like what we do. You know, that's 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 what we do. We just take things apart so we understand them. Yeah. Because I couldn't have, I couldn't have done that with that damn grease gun. So what year was that, Tim? Was that before I got there or after? No, nah, it was uh, it was oh nine, brother. It was uh, they came in oh eight and oh nine. And by by 2010, it was not no longer a tenable project. We couldn't couldn't have it back. Yeah. It's too too dicey. 
But they loved it. Ah, Afghan, those, those MIT students loved being in Afghanistan. I thought that was cool. Oh, come on. Like, where, have they, where have they ever yeah. been? They've been in the AP classes their whole life. They've never been drunk, right? Right? They've never. Yeah, yeah, most of them had traveled extensively. Uh, but as in conjunction, but not with in the places that you would want to go no, if you were no, to no. travel, right? You take them down the Khyber Pass to show them around. Yeah, no, sir. Masai Mas- uh, Street. I mean, Alangapo, uh, right? I mean, have they seen the world? The answer is no. Of course, yeah, not. yeah, no, they have not seen no. uh, Alangapo, and not many people are going to be able to see Masai Street in Alangapo again. Take them down to the, <laughs> take them down the. To the port, the Pakistan side of the Khyber Pass. <laughs> what what happened on Masai Sai Street? Wasn't there like some transvestite parade at like one o'clock in the morning on Friday or something like that? Am I am I recalling that right, Je- not, Jeffrey? Surprised if there wasn't. <laughs> yeah, there, if there, it, whatever you could imagine weird would happen on that damn street. That was for sure. That was that place was was unbelievable, Philippines man. And that's not that's not something that's common to our culture anymore. I mean, the young Marines now would not even know what we're talking about. Like, yeah. have you been to Patty Beach yet? Nope. Nope. Oh. I've never been on Libo, sir. <laughs> have you ever been on Liberty in a foreign town? No, I have not, sir. I was in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then when we deployed, COVID was hit. And we hit, so we got on-base Liberty. Son. <laughs> I see I, the kids I, from SOI walking around here in San Clemente on uh, El Camino Real and Del Mar and they just look like the same dorky mothers <laughs> that I was when I was I was I never got up here. Tell me tell south. me that we've got we don't sell that red jacket anymore that has USMC vertically down the left right. <laughs> tell me tell me somebody shorts now. Yeah, they got some funky stuff. It's you know Damn. Yeah, it's uh that red jacket that red jacket was um was uh, we had a we had a gunny in Afghanistan and he's he said that you know he's an only child and he could tell a story and uh he says he he graduates from SOI he goes home on leave and he takes his high and tight and essentially makes it a small triangle on the forward part on the forward slope of his head Okay, he reports to the brigade. I can't remember which battalion of the brigade in Hawaii and checks in, show him his room, blah, 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 blah. Uh, comes down to sign up to go on Liberty. He's got the red jacket on. He's got a Marine Corps baseball cap and a T-shirt that says Marine Corps on it. And the duty NCO corporal says, you are not going out on Liberty dressed like a fucking fool. What? <laughs> Corporal, <laughs> this PFC is proud, proud to be a Marine. He said, I will not, I will not sign you out. You will not leave. You are not going out dressed like that. And he said, he said, and I am just flipping him shit. <laughs> he said, I'm indignant that he will not allow me to go off base dressed in the spirit package. And oh my God, he had us rolling, absolutely rolling, um, telling this story about over, over-motivated Marines and the chance to finally get it on. The um, Speaking of the Ukraine, what do you think is, looking to your crystal ball, uh, Jeffrey, what do you think is going to happen there? Vlad Putin has said... He's drawn a red line. Hey, no more NATO shit. Better come east. And Blinken 
and uh, Jens Stoltenberg are uh, issuing strongly worded statement, which is normally the precursor for us to fold our tent and and and, and Diddy Mao. Um, do you have a prediction on what will happen in the Ukraine? Anything? Well, you just stole half my thunder because that's what I think we'll react to. I think he's gonna just like we carved the turkey up on Thanksgiving to <laughs> carve off another piece of Ukraine that's more advantageous to them. And uh, you know, he this guy uh, he believes he thinks the worst thing that ever happened is that the Soviet Union broke up. I think that he looks at the Soviet Union when we look at the states, and it would be as if. United States just broke up from within like them and then Montana and uh, California and, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, they all became separate countries and stuff. So I think uh, he's going to keep he's gonna keep trying to do that type of stuff. I don't think he's foolish enough to go all Joe Stalin or Adolf Hitler or anything like that, you know, a major invasion like of Finland or something, but, uh, you know, in the Ukraine. But I think he'll try and carve off slices. Oh, yeah. And they won't, we won't do anything. We'll say, please don't do that again. Otherwise, we'll tell you not to do it again. You know. <laughs> Will, thoughts? You know, this is a. Uh, it's a big geostrategic lesson, right? Because Ukraine had nuclear weapons, and I believe they were part of that treaty that they gave up nuclear weapons for sovereignty. Uh, in whatever it was, 94, 95. And I think that we guaranteed that at that time, or were considered a guarantor of it. And uh, the idea that he's already taken Crimea, we really haven't done anything. And my Ukraine geography is not particularly strong, but I think there's an area, northern Ukraine, uh, on the Russian border that is you know the DMZ is in Ukrainian territory now, um, so if you were betting on Putin to keep doing what he's doing, or Joe Biden and NATO to stop him, who would you bet on? Rhetorical question. What I know that was that a serious question. All right, Timmy, thoughts? Yeah, there's not 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 much left to be said other than uh, I think that Putin will do whatever the hell he wants to do. And not be too terribly worried about it, and 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 it, it, the the only risk involved would be some kind of, of of weird and bizarre reaction from like Blinken and the and the current administration. I, I could see them blindly getting involved in something like that in an effort to show that they're being uh they're being tough on their adversaries, but that you know chances of that are pretty slim. That Blinken guy. He's got a good last name for for his demeanor <laughs> and comportment, and uh, I think he'll be. We'll just get more blinking, stinking blinking stuff. Yeah, I agree. Not much left to say. Um, but but here and weakness begets conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. In history, saying. In, in history, if history offers us one chief lesson about conflict, is that if if you're weak, you will certainly fight. And then you know, does you know the Ukraine or Ukraine not in our strategic interest, right? Well, if you're China and you're watching this, do you take any lessons 
about if they're not going to defend Ukraine and all those people, what makes anybody think that they'll defend Taiwan? Does it embolden you? Jeff? Hello? Jeffrey? You're muted, Jeff. No. The Ukrainians thought they were giving up nuclear weapons for sovereignty, and now they don't have, they're going to end up with neither. And, uh, that's, and that nuclear weapons represents strength, especially for somebody in a place like the Ukraine, surrounded by the people they are. And uh, I think the same thing, the Chinese are going to take this lesson, not just the Chinese, the Iranians, you name it, you know, and they're going to, um, they're going to exercise uh, aggression. And because they all have uh, wings in their governments that are, you know, that are, uh, always pushing for that type of thing just like there's always a right side and a left side i think they always have that and they're gonna they'll be able to keep those crazies happy by doing that stuff so i wouldn't be surprised at all if uh i would i can't believe i'm saying this but that the chinese go ahead and do something with taiwan well well, you know, you, I don't know how if, how much this is a, yeah, but this is a hypothesis, right? If if the yeah. Ukraine plays out as you as you predict, will does that impact the way the Chinese look at Taiwan and the West and Western willingness to defend anything? Um, you know what? I can already hear a blinking statement. I know what just happened in the in, in Ukraine, but a message to the Chinese just because. Just because we limped our shit out of Afghanistan and just stood by and watched the Ukraine get rolled, don't think we won't defend Taiwan because I can't even say it with a straight face. And I was trying to. Anyway, well, see. Yeah, you know, this is, uh, um, you know, the former president was crazy. Uh and he wasn't an internationalist, um, and he he didn't kowtow to the allies, etc. Um, but it seems like during that four-year period, uh, the Iranians stayed in their box, the North Koreans retreated back to their box, uh, and and now we're. We're going back to that Washington consensus of the sort of globalism and allies. And, and, and I don't poo-poo the idea of alliances lightly. Um, but look, what was the purpose of NATO? The purpose of NATO was keep the Russians out, the Americans in, and the Germans down. So NATO accomplished that mission. And became, you know, obsolete in 1992, and it really hasn't responded to the the security environment today. You know, NATO liked to step up and and look at all these things we did in Afghanistan. They didn't do anything in Afghanistan. You know, I was that's just not a tourist. true. That's not true. I was a tourist. I had to carry the book, though. Well, NATO didn't. NATO didn't do. do anything in Afghanistan. NATO didn't. They, oh, did. Did. they did. We did. They did like some what? shit. NATO? I don't think Not, so. As a fighting You don't mean line. to tell me that some of the menial tasks that they they fully committed to were important? 
I don't know what you're talking about. Like taking the gar- taking the garbage out, like hazmat duty, right? I stand corrected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you, so, you mean to tell me that stuff's not important? Yeah. So stupid, we're, we're stupid, you know, requisites that they had for doing shit. Yeah, so. We're we're spending this quasi political capital to bolster these certain allies that if you were if you were you know Taiwanese Chinese or if you were Ukrainian sovereign nationalist it's not clear to me that looking at at NATO in particular um, would give you a lot of hope um it's it's hard for me to envision Wait, how about a we, kinetic how, battle. How about would give you any hope? Yeah. It's hard for me to imagine a kinetic battle over Taiwan. It's hard for me to imagine a Chinese invasion because of all the capital that they've got invested there and, and the ties of their economy. It's much easier for me to see a squeezing out of Western influence, you know, Hong Kong kind of a thing, um, Tibet kind of a thing, uh, on a timeline that, that uh, you know, when you look at it, you can't see it. But when you take a historical look at it, oh, yeah, that happened during that time. So, you know, the idea that we're going to fight the Chinese kinetically is just difficult for me to imagine. Um, but that the idea that we would stand up to them in cyberspace, freedom of navigation and all those things, um, you know, look, we've, we've, we've paved the way we had a very flawed theory of China. We said, if we make the Chinese rich, they're going to become nice. They're not. We impoverished the middle of America. We destroyed, we didn't destroy. We beat the hell out of the American middle class, working class. Uh, we, we don't even know what risk we're at. We remember the discussion of the supply chain of drugs in the United States. I'm not talking opioids and fentanyl. I'm talking like yeah, pharmaceuticals. That that supply chain goes back to China. And uh, we've done all these things under a very flawed theory, and we don't know how to recover from it right now. And the thing is, the people in charge right now don't think it's a problem. Right? There's more to it than that. It's like, you say we did this and we did that. It's not we who did this and we did that. We We got this overpowering bureaucratic right state that's like a it's like a huge tumor in the heart of america and they're the ones who did this and we didn't realize it until 2016 and now people are starting to realize it but part of that was this ridiculous attitude towards china which you brought up and uh we we couldn't you know you're not even allowed to know the right stuff about it you know yeah the the washington consensus led the country in doing that and you know the people, the the 
the elite in this country, the coastal elite, Silicon Valley, you know, D.C. to Boston, um, has benefited from it, benefited from it tremendously. And so it's not a problem that needs to be fixed for them. And, 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 Wall Street, and Wall Street has financed it. Absolutely. <laughs> what I mean, what a beautiful, beautiful tale, right? To quote Bill Lind, rarely does it get this rich, right? Yeah. That, that the Americans will fund and facilitate their own removal from the preeminent position in a rules-based order on this planet. And they will finance and they will outsource our ascendance. Come on. Hey, you know what? It'd be wonderful if I was musing, right? It's a fact. It's happened. Right? And think, the Omicron variant, we skipped over the Z variant because that happens to be the number one guy of the head of the mass murderers in China's last name. So we don't want to offend him. I mean, you, if you wrote this as a Hollywood <laughs> script, they would laugh you out of the front room and we're watching it in real time. All right. All right. Timothy, any thoughts on all that? We're no longer a serious country. I mean, what, what are we talking about? We're, we're, I, I'm not so sure that we possess enough overwhelming force to intimidate much of anybody these days. So, and, and, and besides, it's not it, it, even if the military is top notch, the political environment is is kind of screwy. And so, we're not we're not a serious people anymore. We don't know what the hell it is that we're all about as a, as a country. I do not believe, and uh, we don't have a unifying story anymore. Even our founding now has been trying to be replaced by the New York Times uh, and, and their misrepresentations on the slavery issue. I mean, it's we're uh, we're screwed. I, I've said it before. Will. Oh, we ain't screwed. What do you mean? We chemo sabi. I don't believe <laughs> any of that shit. And there's a fucking shitload of people just like me. You know, yeah. it's, oh, there's no hope because we fucked this up and we fucked that up. Hey, we did something wrong. We could do something right. And we got people pushing that way now. I believe that. Yeah, inshallah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I think most of this stuff will get worse throughout the course of the winter. Um, I think the American people are moderately unhappy. And so uh, next November, I think you're going to see a, a, a change across the land in terms of uh, midterm elections and elections in state houses and things like that. I, and the stuff that you're watching... Right, never seen it in our lifetime. I mean, I mean, when in the sixties, I mean, when we were young, I mean, there were riots and stuff, but there was always the cops that were there to like, you know, get shit right. Right. So, all right, let's talk about. Are we gonna Are we gonna read the short happy life of Francis McComber and talk about it? I did. I read it. Read it a million times. Um, but it's not in the book you said it was in. What? No, yeah, I had to go. Insane. I went and bought the book, and I had it wasn't in there. I, I got it on books. I got it on a, a book on tape. So I'm like, I'm like fast forward into each one. I'm like, God damn it, where's? <laughs> then I just downloaded a PDF off the internet. And just read it. Yeah, and then, or you, I think it's in Snows of Kilimanjaro. Now that I think that's the yeah. book that it's in. All right, yeah. all right. Next week we'll talk about the short happy life of Francis McComber. Um, damn. It. <laughs> 
the um all right uh what else are you reading will uh i'm actually reading a book right now called project hail mary so did you see the movie the martian no matt damon a couple years ago no i i don't like outer space or science fiction uh this this was uh this guy wrote the book, The Martian, and it's a it's an interesting science fiction, and that it's very sciency, and uh, he gets in all kinds of different stuff. So he wrote that book, The Martian. They made a movie out of it. He wrote another book uh, about the moon, and this is uh, just a book, another sci fi book that he wrote that's very sciency uh, in it. It's called uh, Project Hail Mary. Andrew Andy Weir W E I R. It's uh, it's not as good as The Martian, I'll say that. But it's a good book. You got to mix it up a little bit, you know. All right. I thought we were going to talk about the Dying Citizen. Yeah, that's a good one. Unless we're out of time, we got to do that next week. Yeah, we'll do. That's two, McCumber and the Dying Citizen. The Dying Citizen and, and the, the Dead and McCumber. the de- and the Dead and the Dead Citizen. We'll talk about both of them. The Dead McCumber. Yeah, Timmy. Well, uh, being being a, a, that I've just finished up my semester in grad school, I was getting some academic. That's good to go, Tim. Good job. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, buddy. It's it's disgustingly easy, but but um, <laughs> that's I, I, I just, to me. Yeah, no, it is. It's ridiculously easy. But it, but at any rate, I wanted to go and and get an academic an an ap- academic treatment of my favorite friggin' topic. So I've got this book called The Comanche Empire by Pika Hamulenian, who I, th- I think that's somebody who changed her name into an Indian name or something. I, I don't know. No, isn't but that the this, guy that's going to take over Twitter? No, no, no. That's a different, that's a different, that's uh, a different person. My it's bad. not the Twitter person. My bad. But, but, but what this guy does, so it's got all the, all the expected verbiage you find from cutting age uh, uh, academic work, such as borderlands and the interface and blah, blah, blah. But what this guy has done, and I'm not sure because I've looked at his footnotes, but not in detail. He's put together a very comprehensive history of the, of the Comanches since they came out of the, uh, of the, of the Rocky mountains from like the 17, early 1700s on. And I never read any of this stuff and I've, I'm finding it quite interesting. But what the guy's saying is the Comanches had an empire. They were, they were an imperial regime that uh, that did quite a good deal. Uh, that that made a tremendous impact on uh, on the on the American expansion over the. Uh, so, yeah, but it's it's kind of Mangus, Colorado is Mangus, Colorado. Did you get to him yet? Hold Comanche on a second. Chief Mangus, Colorado. Yeah, yeah. But I've already. I'm I'm building my search index now. But yeah, I have seen his name. It was. Uh, I think when he was battling um, Colorado. Kit Carson, bro. Yeah, yeah, God, he's in there. But at any rate, so I'm finding I'm I'm finding it interesting, but it's covered in such detail what the Comanches did with these other tribes. I'm not familiar with any of those names, and so it's a little bit difficult to work my way through to check its veracity. But it's a it's an interesting take on you know Native Americans because you got to keep in mind, man, the Aztecs. The Aztecs were linguistically connected to the Comanche. They all came out of the mountains in the West. All those bastards. 
Hey, I got some advice for you, Tim. What's that? Even though I haven't read this book you're talking about, if yeah. you pick up the book by George McDonald Frazier, Flashman and the Indian Flashman and the Redskins, politically incorrect title. The Flashman book, he goes through the history of that because Flashman gets caught by the Indians. You know, and uh, yeah, a lot you know, of the British books, the Flashman books are interesting, funny, and not and they're you know informative for sure. You know, uh, so, I, I read every one of those like damn things. Look at the but the thing about the Flashman books is that, as Mac would say. It's the index, man. It's the uh, footnotes. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the because uh, that tells you who else to read. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and most of it is Hispanic text. It's it's he did most of his research in Mexico, northern Mexico. They had better better documents. But it's an interesting it's an interesting look at our Native American uh, forefathers. I guess you know what I it, it, this is just an observation about history and the way we view history as a contemporary society. Was there never supposed to be a clash of of civilization? Was were we like supposed to bump into each other and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you were here first? Well, and, you're absolutely right. That's uh, you, the immaturity of today's philosophy. The it's just, just like you. It's like, do you not understand the competition of of man before there was the Marcus of Queenberry's rules and the UN and all this other shit? Do you not understand yeah. why some civilizations, to include the Incas, right, the Aztecs, they were conquerors. Do you not know that? And like, no. Yeah, you read Starship. are a great example. I mean, for sure. Yeah, no, they get Cheyenne, too. Cheyenne, too. Me? Yeah. No, I don't like science fiction. It's right there. It's I know, but I know Starship yeah. Troopers, all this other lame-ass shit. I hate it that is. stuff. Lost it's in Space, Star Trek. No, hate, I don't like that shit. You got a Nobody book. told me that. You're the first person that's ever told me that. Planet of the Apes yeah. by Pierre Boulle, the guy who wrote Ridge, Bridge of the River Quiet. That was a, a one of the only science fiction books I liked, Planet of the Apes. The original Planet you of the You liked Apes. Planet of the Apes? Yes. I didn't watch that shit either. I was personally insulted when I saw, like, in the first part of it, a little <laughs> clip when the Statue of Liberty was, like, laying on the ocean floor or some other bullshit. No, it's on the, it's on the beach of Manhattan. Though. Whatever the <laughs> fuck it was. That's how much I watched of it. <laughs> yeah. Did not like it. Didn't care for it. Yeah, science fiction. Starship Come on. Troopers. It's not science I, fiction. I, I, I didn't know. Starship Troopers, when I was introduced to it, I mean, so I've, if you've ever been in an audience with me, Right, and somebody says, "So everybody's read Starship Troopers, right?" I I sit there like the Sphinx, and hope nobody calls on me, and to say that, "Oh, it's the best book I've ever read." Oh, never read it, never cracked it because I don't like science fiction. Hey, hey I, I, I knew the I knew the I don't biggest... know that you like books. I haven't heard of a book you've read <laughs> yeah. in three years. That's absolutely. Since I introduced that's a good the point. segment on this show. You have yet to describe a book. That's that bullshit. That's that bullshit. Lend me your ears. I've read. I've read uh, when bad things happen to good people. I've read. There's a whole litany of books listening, that I can't recall listening, right now. Listening on tape. But I have a. But again, I have a busy life. I'm not like you. I'm not rudderless. <laughs> right. Empty. Void of all meaning in my life. You don't and, have and, two hours and, to work on a pistol and hide in a book. Seven hours a day. I, that's not that's me. The thing about books, you should try it. It's a pretty good life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to ask? You know what I've been reading? 
No, nobody asked. Have we okay. asked that yet? Are we there yet? We asked Timmy and we asked Will. Oh, did I get? Wait, 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 I, wasn't, I, I just wanted. But Timmy, anything. hold on. What? Tim's reading the Comanche thing. No, but he's not done yet. No, no. I was just going to say because we somehow got into the Planet of the Apes. I knew the largest chimp, the largest, <laughs> the, the the largest chimp in the ape army. His name was the guy in the movie. His name was Ed Winchester. He taught with me out of front sight. Oh, so he you didn't actually know the largest chimp. You knew the, the person the that played the largest chimp. Yes. Well, it's, you know, these days they kind of are the same person, you know. We don't want to start <laughs> confusing the audience. I, I knew the largest chimp, damn it. It was in the movie. But yeah, it's like he, knowing the largest. It's like knowing it took, the it took him. It took him like weeks to get. I knew took, one of the lollipop kids, the middle one. <laughs> he, he said it took weeks to get the gate down that they they were just assholes about the gate and whatnot so he said it was very difficult it was a gate, pain you mean the, the monkey walk yeah the monkey walk yeah the monkey gate which he could which he did very well when i saw him last but yeah he said as far as because he's a stunt guy in was hollywood he, and he said was he sober when he was doing the monkey gate oh he's always sober man ed, ed winchester is one of those gun guys one of those serious gun guys you know really yeah, yeah, not not likely to be inebriated because if he got caught inebriated with his gun, it'd be bad. See what I'm saying? It's, he's that kind of guy. It's simple for him. Got it, Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey, what are you reading? <laughs> no, let me tell you what I've been doing. I'm teaching R2P2 to the 15th Mew next week, the five days, and uh, so I got this 118 pound or 118 pound 118 slide uh, presentation I'm going through. And uh, it just makes me reminisce back when I first did R2P2. It was in 1988. Um, and I had, we had real small parts in it because we were companies, you know, and I was a lieutenant. But as time went by, I mean, uh, you know, and R2P2 really is, is it's a new planning process to where there's Cat 1, Cat 2, and then there's a confirmation brief and all the extra stuff that's in there now. And really what it is, it's how to, um, how to force these two services that, don't really have a lot in common together to make, to do these missions, you know, and it's, uh, so there's that. So I've been kind of obsessed with it because it's a lot of my past and, uh, you know, I'm doing it with Bob Coates, you know, so, uh, he, Good man. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's entertaining to do, but it's the same R2P2 that we went through back in 1988 in Norfolk. And then, then, you know, I went down to EWTG as a opso for the 15th Mew, um, you know, in 19 uh, or 2005, we did or four, we did it here, you know, so it's uh, life goes on. It's like it's like a priest. Te it's like an old priest teaching mass, you know, like and an, our, like an old priest teaching. It's, it's instead of instead of the Apostles Creed and the and all that other shit, it's uh, cat one, cat two. And let me see your koas. I'm uh actually I'm getting ready to go to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. It's coming I've weekend. I've been there once. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll be there for a week. Uh, over, over the course of my birthday, uh, on December yeah. on December seventh, and uh, do a little post traumatic winning, and so I'm fired up about that. And uh, what unit? Uh, CLR twenty seven. So it's been kind of interesting, you know. Um, my biggest advocates as a group are the sergeant majors, and um, and I've got to know a bunch of them, and just really 
incredible leaders. And um, so, uh, yeah, going to head back there and, and excited. And, uh, um, yeah, and, and I think I'm going to do it for a high school, uh, a group of high school students uh, in February. Um, I also think that um, I'm going to wind up doing it at a university here in the next uh, year. So, so I'm excited. So, even though even though I don't read, I'm productive in other ways. At least I try. At least I try to. And just think and, you and, got, and, you and ten and, hours of airplane time, read a book and be amazing. No, I'll be like. I'll be going through my uh, my slides. Just got how many slides you have? 118. 118. You probably got more though. But after this time. Hold on, let me just uh I'll give you I'll give you a grand total. 118, I said. Ouch. Three hundred and fifty-one slides. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well that's why that's that's why it's so important to be entertaining. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> You're right. That's why it is important to be general. You know, the one other thing I want to talk about next week is General Milley probably had a couple three hundred slide fucking briefs. <laughs> ah, but he, he probably ate. But, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? He probably ate them. <laughs> no, no, he said, <laughs> no, I said he probably gave. He probably gave a couple of 380 oh, No, but I thought Will said he probably ate them. Did you say that? Well, he Maybe. probably... Good for you, Will. That's a good one. Probably did eat them. <laughs> that's not funny. Even though that's I, what, even that, though I laugh my... Even rage, though I that's laugh. what white rage does to you. Even <laughs> I'm I, so pissed off I'm going to eat these slots. <laughs> and then he does it. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> the chairman just ate a PowerPoint presentation of 351 slides. Um, that's no bullshit. Um, I want to I want to talk about um, 360 degree evaluations that you would oh. that you would be evaluated by um, somebody senior to you, somebody subordinate to you, and and peers. And I, I want to get your thoughts on that, but I, I, I need to find something written about it. Because um, in theory, it appeals to me, right? I mean, a more complete picture of somebody, right? You know something, Mac? I read a, I read a book about Vince Lombardi called When Pride Mattered, and he says something in there about being judged from above, from, from, from below, and from, the, you know, from his peers, you know? In the NFL. Yeah, so in, so in theory, I mean, to me, I mean, and and somebody told me like, uh, yeah, that's kind of the way it's done now, in uh, in the corporate world, <laughs> and we are we are slow to the table. So yeah, in theory, in theory, socialism is very appealing. In theory, <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> So, but in practice, it's uh, <laughs> well, can you imagine if you have some shitbag junior officer that's going to evaluate you? Yeah. What, what do you do with that? How do you select so, the people so that, yeah, who selects I could that go guy? On about, I could go on about, I've been through a couple of these. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Well, can you give us a little teaser for next week? It It is a uh, so we we. As part of sort of uh, executive training when you're in graduate school, yes, they do these, and they can be useful 
uh, in that realm. Um, in the corporate world, I think they were just starting to implement that stuff uh, before I uh, was told I was no longer useful there. Uh, I've seen it uh, happen, and it depends on the mission and the culture, right? Um, Interesting. There's certain missions and certain cultures that it would be very, very useful in. Uh, Give me an example of a certain mission and a certain culture, because you're you're painting it, it this like this a very nuanced tool, but that's not how it's yeah, going I, to be applied. It, no, it's not going to be applied in, in, in a nuanced way. When you have a fairly flat organization, uh, where you're in order to succeed, you you need um, you first of all you need you have time, and you need uh, sort of unrestrained inputs, and you have a mature flat organization that people understand that um, just because they voice an opinion doesn't mean it's going to end up in the solution. A 360 can be good uh, because a certain personality type there wipes out parts of that. If you have different, I think, if you have different missions uh, where time is not always available uh, and you need greater decisiveness, right. then I think then I think promoting by 360 uh, is likely to get you uh, lowest common denominator uh, type of people. And that's, uh, I mean, that's limited experience, but I, I had to think about these things for a while. I'll tell you, in graduate school, you know, they do them at uh, like, uh, um, not command and staff, but uh, National War College level. They do these sort of things. They're actually pretty good. They're, they're good to see because it doesn't impact anything. It, it's meaningless. It's only for you. Uh, so and, you and, and get to see what people say in an under, unrestrained manner. So, but, it, I mean, it sounds like pure evolve. Um, Yeah, it's part of that. But also getting subordinates who have, who have anonymity to comment uh i'm not sure i learned anything stunning but it was interesting to me how people what their take was um what you were doing why you were trying to do something that i didn't necessarily see before um is, is everybody's again, priority the mission accomplishment though yeah and in that, in that case it would no in 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 the sort of eval i went it was more of a it didn't have much, again, it wasn't going to be used for promoting, rewarding, punishing. It was more uh, for your understanding of your how your style impacted above, peer, and below. So it was useful. But, but, now, again, but a, now? So it's like that personality thing. Yeah, I, listen, people. how you do it in an organization of 200,000 people is you, you need huge samples. Right. So so if I'm if it's time for my fitness report to be written as a major. My boss will write it. How many of my peers are there out there? 
And then how many of my subordinates? So are you going to get 25 inputs? So let me, so, so, uh, so explain this. We're not supposed to get the, we're not supposed to deep dive in. So if, if, if I'm a peer and you may not consider me a peer, but I consider you a peer, but we're horizontal. How do I evaluate you? Is it simply I'm uh, I'm checking boxes? Am I writing about you? How what does this consist of? Well, yeah. Again, though, think about it. Let's let let's just look at majors in the division. How many majors are there? There's two in every battalion. There's 30, 40 battalions, eighty. Let's say there's a hundred majors. All right. So when those hundred majors fit reps come in, how many majors are going to be evaluating their fellow majors? They know them as staff officers. They know them as sister battalions and whatever. So your, your observation is more historical. Oh, I know that guy from so-and-so. But then am I going to – you got to have a sample of what? 8, 10, 12? So now – But they're not going to see you on – they're not going to see you perform on a daily basis. They're just going to know but, you. But again, just, just think of the math. 80 ma- 100 majors need to get evaluated. They need 10 evaluations on each one to be valid. They need 1,000. 10 so evaluations major, on each one? Is that how it's done? Well, I don't know. What, well, if you get if you got smaller, well, numbers, God yeah. damn it, Will! What do you mean? Well, you're just throwing numbers out, all right? Well, so this I can't is think for, about it. You're an this intelligent to, person. This if is you only have affect, one, it's right. narrow. If you have a thousand, is better than one, but you can't get to a thousand, so you got to have a number. Eh, Ten. Right. Let's say it's only right. five. So, so this it's is five a, means five means you got to five hundred evaluation. Every major. How can it ever work? How can it ever work? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Never mind. You're not as dumb as <laughs> Never mind. Like Never mind about next week then. We're fucking just tubed it. Uh, it, it from the statistics standpoint, you got to have a sample uh, size. Fuck. That's randomized too, in order for it to be valid. I mean, it's just just yeah. talking statistics. It's got to be a randomized. Adequate sample. It's got to be more than eight. It has to be more than eight. Statistically. Yeah. Well, I can I see. Uh, so. I picked ten. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's got to be randomized. And it's got to be randomized. It can't be just ten knuckleheads. It's got to be ten randomized knuckleheads. So the last place it applies for an officer is what? At the level of being a captain? You could probably find enough captains to be able to do that. But they also have to have a relationship because otherwise, what are they evaluating? So at the captain level, it's people in the battalion, maybe in the regiment. Right, but we, we need I'm, to find out. We know. need to find out how the plan is, because what you're describing to me, Will, cannot work ever. No, it cannot work. It yeah. cannot work. Marine Corps. See, that's how General, level, you don't that's have to how do General Milley got to be tearing the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at, at, at that level, you don't have to do any plans. You just have visions. You have visions. You're anointed. And people maybe just transpose your bitches. You know, maybe they're only going to do it at the command slating level to lieutenant colonels and above, but then your whole point is to get all those toxic leaders out before they become I, I can see it all now. 2004 in, in the headquarters. There's General Ordierno with his cigar going, I don't know. I can't figure this fucking shit out. What do you think? Millie, what do you think we should do? I'll think whatever you want me to think, sir. Good man. <laughs> Who said Next that? That was Tommy Frank's, Frank's line. That was Tommy yeah. Frank's line. Yeah. That's how Ordiano got up there. <laughs> well, Ordiano, what do you think? I'm sure I'll think whatever you want me to think. 
<laughs> what um hey that's what we got taught right what was the secret of being successful find out what your co wants and give it to him no uh, that's what well there you go i heard that yeah. more i heard that more than once just for the record that's how we won that's how we won the war in afghanistan we had a bunch of guys like that because the boss never knew what he wanted did we, i want whatever the boss wants. did we win the war in afghanistan no no i call it a tie well it ain't over yet according to joe biden but you know who could argue yeah, it's him? still america well there, i didn't i didn't notice that the taliban wanted to sit down and talk with us again so now now that we lost and they won we're going to go back in and prop them up and give them aid which makes total sense to me it's so about flus they want flus they want well, we, and we should get something in return like get our we should get what we yeah, want I, man it's important to have that stuff that yeah I know it's so ridiculous <laughs> we're not a serious country bro we're just you know not. what we're not we're about everything that's not serious. And then how about how about the president? He doesn't say shit to Xi, President Xi, Jing, right? Jing Wing, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't say shit Chairman, to him. And then, and then he invite then he invites Taiwan to his democracy summit, which is just a it's a straight up slap across the mouth. Poof. Right? Inviting Taiwan huh. to his democracy summit. It's like I don't like I don't know. We're not a serious country. We're afraid. We're afraid to be a great country, in my opinion. In my, if you look That's at the history we, of our president, it's like it's like a, one series of dull, you know, a, of a dullard's moves, sometimes accentuated by, you know, uh, mountain-sized pieces of bad judgment. I had I had predicted that a year ago that it would at least be amusing to watch the Biden administration in action, and I'll tell you right now, it's not. It's no longer funny. It's 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 fucking not cool, not cool. It's just complete ineptitude. This is an abyss that the nation has to go through because people believe the shit they say. Yeah, the thing is though that as his, as students of history, as all four of us are, you say you know we need to have a shocking event that'll wake everybody back up. But if you look at history, we know that that's not usually what happens. Sometimes it happens. Usually, though, things just get worse and worse and worse. And people kind of accept things and just figure that's the way it is now. Times have changed. You know, well, look how long it's taken Venezuela to starve to death. Venezuela's been starving for, what, 10 years now? Yeah, they don't we get are, any. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. We are the frogs that are boiling. Mm. Yeah, right. I think they might turn up the heat a little bit. That's what we're hoping. Why did you puke in your car? Do we ever... I don't know. Do we know, like, medically what happened? Why are you puking in your car? I don't know. Was it a little bit of puke or a lot of puke? You know, I had to change my shirt. Yeah. Enough to make him turn around. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's enough. Well, it might have it been anxiety over the long, Christmas. slow trudge towards towards oblivion that we're all on right now. Although usually yeah. I don't throw up because of that, but you know. <laughs> well, did you feel better after you threw up? He, Absolutely. He, there, he you was a, well, there you go. There, there's a Wait, I right thought there. you were asleep when you threw up. 
I don't know that I was asleep. I know that I pulled in behind the truck and then I woke up. That's how it hits you. You know, when you fall asleep at the wheel, you don't feel yourself falling asleep. You feel yourself wake up. So Will had a version of that, although he wasn't driving that day. And then he puked. Right. And then he puked. Just putting the. Right. He's making hurt. me want to. No, the puke, the puke <laughs> is pretty easy, as you all know. But uh, the puke occurred <laughs> during lack of consciousness. Oh. That's dangerous, man. Yeah, but, but a one-time. On Doc Lynch says one-time <laughs> episode, followed by relief of any gastric distress after you've uh, vomited and whatnot. Eh, eh, probably just a little bug. Gonna be gonna be fine. Don't worry about a thing. There you go. Doc Lynch. And, and, yeah. and meanwhile, like a real doctor is probably listening to this saying, no, that's no, probably a of some type There of is no real doctor that would listen to this. Well, Grant might know. Grant, if, Grant listens. If registered nurse Carmela Kenny was listening, she'd say, you need an enema, young man. <laughs> that's what my mom, that was my mom's litmus, yeah, litmus was, test. Oh, yeah. And my mom, my mom's a head nurse in the coordinator intensive care unit. Her, her first move is always the fucking enema. With friends yeah. like grandma. My mom, my mom wasn't shit, and that was her first move. That was so. It's like if you would take That's the separate the wheat from the chaff. Exactly. You if the you chaff. if you would take the enema, she deduced that you were actually sick. Not That's a good thing. You can tell somebody's really their real temperature is a rectal thermometer. Mm-hmm. That's why Especially on the side of the road at Camp Lejeune. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That motivated more people than you could ever imagine. Heading for the ice bath. Yeah. All right, boys. Thanks for the visit. Sure. Have a good good trip. Thank you. Yes. Have fun at Lejeune. I will. I'll say hi to every. I'll say hi to everybody. (laughs) There you have it. Cool, man. all she wrote hope you enjoyed it yeah if you're just tuning in don't touch the dial because the first hour of this is straight up fucking hilarious and it's all me and so like I don't know why but I'm in the mood to be funny today actually I wasn't in the mood to be funny it didn't start out like that it just kind of spontaneously combusted it happened, right? So, anyway. Um, yeah, don't touch the dial. You'll laugh, I promise you. So, with that said, have a great day. If I can help you, help somebody, let me know. All the contact info at either posttraumaticwinning.com or allmarineradio.com comes to my piece of shit Samsung cell phone that I can't get the back repaired without getting a whole new phone. 
Yeah, and I don't want to do that. So... That's the way she goes. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to live with it. But if I can help you seriously, help you somebody, help somebody else, let me know. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, Post-traumatic winning is a real thing. The path from trauma to joy is a real thing. And uh, if you know somebody that is looking for help or that you think it might help, reach out and we'll help them. And it starts with you, a credible person in their life, saying, hey, man, I need, uh, I need to talk to you. And I think there's something I want you to look at. Yeah. And it's that credibility that opens the door and then I'll like door kick the shit out of it. I'll say, hey man, this, these things are true. If you'd like to have a conversation about it, I'd love to help you. And then, and this is what I close on, okay? How about you and I get in the business of helping other people? Boom. Deal closed. They're like, I'm in. Yeah. That's why I do it. Anyway, a little trip behind the curtain right there for all you friends of mine. So, have a great day. If I can help you help somebody, yell. Otherwise, on this second day of December, in the year 2021, have a great day. I'm out. <laughs>